0: be prepared to work. It's a lot of work. It, there's, there's a lot more work than than you realize. And it doesn't matter what business you're getting into. So if you don't like to work, if you're not willing to work, uh, don't uh, just go work for somebody else because it's a lot less work working nine to five for somebody else than it is for an entrepreneur. So you, you better be prepared to work. If you're not willing to put in extra hours, um, it's never... I don't think it's ever going to work as an entrepreneur. Um, that's just my opinion. I. Everybody I know that's been successful as an entrepreneur has just had a crazy work ethic, and been able to you know get just do what it takes, do odds, be able to do things that they never expect to do, to to make their business work.
1: Hey everyone this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the inventive journey I'm your host Devin Miller the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks you ever need help with yours just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat we're always here to help now today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Steve Garretson. And full disclosure, Steve is a client of the firm Miller IP Law. So all the all the better, and even more fun to have him on. Uh, but is a quick introduction to uh, Steve. So um, he played uh, high school baseball. wasn't the in his own words wasn't the best player, but was a sports junkie. Um, and then uh, went on a two year uh, mission for his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, or otherwise nicknamed LDS or Mormon. Um, and uh, then he came home and realized that he wasn't good enough to play in uh, college baseball. Um, and so with that, he uh, started uh, his uh, first business in, or what he went off to school, started his first business while I was a freshman in college. Um, did that, or I think started the business about two weeks into the semester had a goal to graduate and to apply to be an NFL agent. And so with that, um, he graduated. Next month, he applied to be an NFL agent, was for about four years or so, um, got out of the business for a period of time, did some uh, work for startups in LA, got back into the business, became an agent again um, for a sports division in LA, and then again, found himself not wanting to be an agent, so then uh, started a streaming platform for high school and college students, and he'll get into a bit more of uh, what that is. And so with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, and I just took a much longer journey and condensed in the 30-second version, so let's unpack that a bit um, and tell us how your journey got started uh, playing high school baseball.
0: I uh, Well, I just grew up playing baseball, so that was... I mean that was my favorite sport growing up. I I liked all sports. I I liked basketball, but I just never never had that talent. Um, wasn't talented enough to you know wasn't the football player that other other kids are. So you know baseball was my sport. I played catcher, and uh, yeah, I love I I still love baseball, but um, and I and I love other sports too, but. Um, yeah,
1: baseball was a sport I grew up playing. So you go up playing baseball and other sports, but kind of gravitated toward baseball. You were in uh, high school playing, uh, playing the game you love, um, and then you decided to amidst all of that, you uh, went on a, a two-year mission. Now, just curious, so also transparency. I'm also a member of the same church. We don't know each other in the church perspective. We are members of both of the same church. Um, so what uh, where, where did you go serve uh, the mission for your church?
0: So I went down to New Zealand, um, Auckland, New Zealand, and spent two years there, and that's a, you know, the main sports down there are rugby and cricket, those are the two biggest sports, and, you know, basketball is popular, but nowhere near what rugby is, and then cricket is, would widely be considered number two, so, but yeah, I love New Zealand, and, and it was a long time ago that I was down there, it's been I've been home for 25 years, so um, yeah, I was there in the mid mid 90s.
1: Fair enough. So it sounds like a, a fun place to be for a couple of years, and I'm sure very rewarding. And now, now as you're coming back from uh, from uh, serving that that religious mission, and you're saying, okay, going to go off to college, going to go to school and get a degree, you know, kind of the the general track that a lot of people take. Um, you know, I think at that area, you, as we talked a bit before, you kind of mentioned. That you know, you always wanted to play baseball. At that point, you kind of hit the juncture of, hey, well, I love baseball, and I'm a sports junkie. Probably not good enough to play for college or baseball or or, or go pro or make a career out of it. So at that point, you kind of had to figure out what you wanted to do. Went to school. Now, I, I think the other thing you mentioned is you started a, you did your first startup like two weeks into your freshman, uh, pre- or freshman in college. Is that right?
0: Correct. Yeah. I so. While I was in high school, I, you know, I always had a job or multiple jobs um, grew up with a family, there were seven kids in my family so six siblings and my parents didn't have a ton of money we were, you know. My dad did all right, but he's always a hard worker worked multiple jobs to provide for my family and and with growing up in a family with seven kids. Um, We always had to, we always had to work and, um, you know, I, I had when I was a sophomore in high school, I got a summer job working at Nordstrom's doing summer sales and just doing, just just working there. And by the time I was 18, I was making, you know, in the, in the early nineties, I'm making $11 an hour as a, uh, as a teenager. And I'm thinking I'm doing all right. You know, at the time it was, you're
1: rich. You're making all sorts of money at that point.
0: I come back from my, my mission, um, in December 96 and, and I go back trying to get a job at Nordstrom's where I left off and they're like, sorry, we don't have that job anymore. Um, you know, we don't have a position open for you, but if you want, you can work for minimum wage and, you know, do this. And I'm like, Get that i'm not gonna go work for you know i think it was like 475 an hour you know so i mean that was like less than half of what i was making when i left and so i'm like i'm looking around and nobody would offer me more than six bucks an hour as a 21 year old and i'm like i i can do better than that and so um you know after about three weeks of looking for a job i'm like well i'll just you know start my own business. So here I'm starting college and I, I end up starting a business and I, which I had no idea what I was doing, starting my own business, but, um, it ends up, that's what I did going through college. And it took me six years to get through college, but, you know, I was able to run a business, run my first business going through college and able to, to grow that. And, um, so anyway,
1: so, so you say, OK, and I, and I get that And you're saying, hey, I can go work for someone else and I'll make a very small amount of money or I can go and work myself. And worst case is I won't make any money, but there's a whole lot more of an upside that, uh, you know, likelihood is, is that you're going to um, be able to make that, you know, make that money, you know, or make it a, a much a larger amount of money and it will probably be more beneficial, probably get more experience and everything else. Um, so with that, you know, you go and you do that. And how long did you do that throughout all of college? Do your own business, or was that startup? Did it go anywhere? Did you make money, or how did it work out as you're as you're going through school?
0: Yeah, so I I did it my entire time. You know, it was a it was a home. It started as a home business, and by the time you know before I well before I graduated, I had a retail store. You know that I was running. Um, I started off as a distributor for one company um, and ended up adding products that I would distribute and and I sold mainly throughout the the Intermountain region, but it was something that I was able to also sell online, you know, as I, you know, the dot-com boom, I started an online store, I started an eBay store and I was selling products both on eBay as well as on online and then this retail store that I had downtown Salt Lake City so uh, I was going to the University of Utah so um, yeah I ran that store you know from regular business hours and I was going to classes um, mainly at mainly 6 p.m to 9 p.m Monday through Thursday so and not the you know different different semesters was, you know take a Take one night off or some Monday through Thursday, and not every night, but. um, Because it took me longer to get through, but yeah, so it was a full load going through school, to say the least.
1: Hey, I definitely understand it took me nine and a half years, including a lot of summer semesters to get through all of school down. Granted, I did get, I did come out with four degrees, so it was a bit different, but I definitely get school takes a long time, a lot of effort, and a lot of work, um, so now as you're coming out of school, and I think one of the other things you mentioned as we chatted a bit before the podcast, um, was you would always wanted to be a sports agent, or that was kind of the goal, so I guess two questions, one, what did you study in school, and what made you decide that you wanted to be a sports agent?
0: Yeah, so when I was in high school, I, was, I still remember, you know, there was one, there was a guy named Lee Steinberg. He came out with a book um, in the '90s, in the early '90s, called "Winning with Integrity." And um, that, anyway, he, I'd, I'd learned, um, I've learned about the sports agent profession when I was in high school, and I, I thought, hey, this would be cool to, to do if I can't make it as a player, you know, if I can't make it playing baseball, or, you know, I that's something I would love to pursue It looked, it looked cool, you know, and this is before the movie Jerry Maguire come out. Um, and so I'd done a, I'd done a bunch of research. And then of course, you know, Jerry Maguire comes out and makes it all Hollywood looks all glamorous and stuff. And so going to college, that was my goal. Like I looked into it and to, to, to be a sports agent, you got to go to college, you got to get um, there's a process to get, to become an agent you have to you have to have a degree and then whatever sport you want to represent players you have to get licensed by the players association and so each the nfl has you know the nfl players association nba nba players association major league baseball which is different than uh, the nba and the nfl but still they have their players association where If you're going to represent players, you have to get licensed through the Players Association. Same with the NHL. And so I've done enough homework to know that what are the steps? And looking at everything, um, I chose, when I was early in college, I'm like, okay, I want to get, I want to graduate. And after I graduate, go get licensed with the NFLPA to work with football players. So that's what kept me going throughout school. School was hard for me. It wasn't, it wasn't a cakewalk. Um, it took me six years to get my bachelor's degree and there's a few classes I failed. You know, it wasn't always, I didn't get A's going through college, but, um, but I did it and I'm running a business going through college and some months I did better. Some years I did better than other years. Um, but I was able to to pay for my college and 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 also um, get some really good experience running a business and and just working hard going through college. There was no, there wasn't, a, there was very few days off going through college and um, doing doing what I need, needed to to keep my business going, you know, and you know. Pay
1: bills and everything. So, no, oh, and I, I think that you
0: know that was one
1: thing that if I could go and do the college experience again, I didn't didn't have as much take as many entrepreneurial endeavors until I was well into graduate school, and that's where I first started my first business. But I think it's great to. Do a business to go, if especially if you ever plan on doing your own business, other than just working for someone. Even if you're going to work for someone else, I think getting that perspective of how to run a business, how to or generate clients, how to manage cash flow, and how to you know do customer service and maybe hiring or firing and all those things are great no matter which career field you do. And yet, so most people come out of college and they don't have very limited or any of that experience. I think it's definitely very valuable. So I think that's awesome that you're able to do it. Plus, you can uh, make some actual money while going to school. So not having to rack up the the student debts and so now you're coming out of school and you've got the degree and you've said okay i'm going to go and be the sports agent i'm going to go represent everybody make lots of money just like jerry Maguire, and they're going to show you the money so to speak now as you're coming out you did that you went into sports being a sports agent for about four years after college is that right
0: yeah so i got a i got a my my bachelor's degree was in business administration um at the time you didn't have to have a law degree or postgraduate degree to get certified with the NFL PA. So I, um, I timed it, my, I graduated in December of 2002. That was when I fulfilled all the requirements. The NFL PA has a one month window every year where people can apply to become a, a new sports agent. And that is the month of January. And so, I got done, and okay now it's now it's time to to get everything and apply and so i I filled out all the paperwork I paid the fee it's a twenty five hundred dollar fee at the time I believe it's still the same twenty five hundred dollar fee they do their background checks and and then after they do that all then they say okay you pass you passed this part of it now you're going to be able to come take the test and apply you know if you pass the test then then we'll tell you and you you become certified and so every year um after about two three months they of uh, after your application then they tell you if you get to take the test which the test every year is in july and so you go back to washington dc um they have it. They have two days worth of meetings at the Ritz-Carlton there in Washington, DC. You Take all the, you you listen to um, the NFLPA, different people that work there come in and and go over everything with the collective bargaining agreement, the drug test or the drug policy, this um, performance performance enhancing policy, all those things. And then at the end of two days, you take a test and 66% pass, 33% fell and it's graded on a curve and, and you can get 95% on the test and still fail. So you gotta be the top two thirds in the room to pass. Um, So I did that in 2003, um, thinking that, okay, I'm gonna pass this test and I'm gonna be the the next great sports agent, and I did pass the test, which was cool. So I, you know, that was a that was a big thing. Um, little did I know, after I passed the test, what I was up against. And so, I thought, well, I passed the test. Now, now I'll just go sign clients, and I thought it'd be much easier than it was. And it was, and part of that is, you know, here I'd I'd started a business in 1997 and i grew that business to um you know 2003 when i took the test the nfl pa test my sales for my first business was you know a sole proprietor just doing doing my own thing i almost had half a million dollars in sales in the product that i was selling i'm thinking as just out of school i'm doing all right you know and i i think Okay, I'm running a successful business. I can I can make this as a as an NFL agent. And man, it was a whole lot tougher than I ever expected. And, and getting guys to sign with you um, was a whole lot harder than I ever imagined. And the the competition in the sports agent space and the money it took at the time and still does to succeed as a as an agent was, was a lot more than I was. I they didn't talk about that in Jerry Maguire. They didn't talk about that in the book you know that I'd read. They you, everything I'd read in the newspaper and the magazines didn't talk about what it really took to make it as an agent. And so I learned real fast that God, you got to have a lot of money to to make it work with these guys. I. I was able to get two clients my first year and um, between the unexpected expenses that came with having two clients and at the same time um, going through a divorce, I mean, it, it, it almost financially broke me my first year and I, I had to make some adjustments that I never recovered from, um, and and it, it was just tough between the divorce and and not knowing what I was getting into financially.
1: I think that that you know, and I think that that's that's the hard thing. Sometimes it's a, it's not like what you see on TV, and it's the reality is significantly different. That's kind of what I always joke. You know, I love Shark Tank, and I watch that. I think every almost every episode. And yet everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to have, you know, kind of in a different context than a sports agent, but I'm going to have a great idea. I'll start the business. It's going to be a million dollar or, you know, $10 million business in the first year. Money's going to rain from the sky. I'm going to work five hours a month and it's going to be great. And then you get into it and 99% of the time, it's not anywhere near that. And yet, you know, you if you... not the good thing is is if you knew everything you're getting into and everything is in front of you you probably would never get or go down that path in the first place and yet so there's always a good there is a benefit to the a bit of the naiveness so to speak but now as you're saying okay you know going through a hard time which divorce is definitely difficult you know having to figure out the business more expenses than you would anticipate harder to land clients if you did that I think for about four years, and then you decided to take a break and go work for a startup, is that right?
0: So, yeah, fast forward to 2007, I've been through a divorce and I've, you know, I I ended up from 2007 to 2013, I I had a number of things that, um, I worked for a finance company out of New York for a few years, I had I worked for a startup here in Utah that led me to LA and some meetings down there with an owner of a different um, entertainment agency um, in 2011, um, and I just did odds and ends things to to try to pick myself up because 2009 came and after everything, you know, I I'd, I'd been left in a quite a bit of debt, um, I did go through a bankruptcy. And it, I think there needs to be a study done. Everybody hears about the the number of athletes that go through uh, the retired athletes that go through bankruptcy. I think just as many agents go through bankruptcy as there are um, athletes that end up in bankruptcy. And same with divorce. You know, the, you always hear about athletes um within 3 to 5 years of retiring you're you're bankrupt divorced or you know whatever and i'm i'm like agents have the same thing and i here as an agent I'm divorced and bankrupt you know within just a few years of being out and so i had to do some things to to try to pick myself up and and get my feet back on I started working for a startup. That didn't pan out. I worked for two years for a finance company doing biz, biz dev and um, operations company out of New York. Um, and one of my meetings uh, led me to, to LA. I was meeting with a owner of, of an entertainment agency in LA. And for this other startup I was working on, and I was, that meeting, the age, the owner of that agency was like, "Why don't you come back into business and and uh, work for work for us, you know, and help us get a sports agency, a sports agency's side of our business going?" And and I I never wanted to go back in, and it was literally two years of talking with this. The owner of this agency where you know he convinced me that he would shoulder all the all the all the costs to get going and, and whatnot and so I'm like well you know if that's going to be the case and you know you guys have you guys have a name and you guys have money then it'll be a whole lot easier and so and so come to 2013 I decided to get back in the business when going through the in in going through with this other agency out of LA. And so I I go through the process to get certified with the NFL PA. And um, it's funny because the guy that helped me get into the business the first time or inspired me to get in the first time, um, Lee Steinberg, ends up taking the test at the same time as me And we sat on the same row and I was able to talk to him. And, and it was, it's just quite interesting to see that, you know, here a kid out of Utah um, who obviously he, he had no idea who I was. Um, He'd inspired me to, to get into the space. And he had some things happen to him after the whole Jerry Maguire stuff. He had his list of clients before was a who's who quarterback list. Um, he represented Troy Aikman, Warren Moon, uh, Steve Young, and just a bunch of named quarterbacks that everybody that watches football knows. And he ended up getting, um, losing his license and having to get recertified. Well, he took the test in 2012, a year before I did, and didn't pass. And so he had to retake the test again in 2013. So here, he had to he had to wait to get back in the business, and then 2013 he got in, um, and I was able to meet him when he did, and um, so we I I passed the test in 2013, go to work with this agency out of L.A., and it just it's it was interesting because I knew what I was getting into the second time, and no matter what I said, you know the 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 agency that I went. I don't think they fully grasped like how hard it was and how much money it took. It really takes a lot of money. Um, When a guy gets out of college playing football at the time, you know, the agent would be fronting the money for training and it's not just going and getting a, a membership at, you know, VASA or planet fitness or whatever, you know, when, when a college football player comes out, and, and they're training from the time their season finishes to the NFL draft. They're training with a professional private trainer. And it often includes a whole lot more than just the trainer. There's, there's a massage therapist. There's meal prep. There's, um, there's all this stuff that professional athletes need and do to keep their body right so that when they go work out for an NFL team, their body is in tip-top shape and, and conditioning. And so, you know, they're so they can impress the the team and and the team's going to spend a lot of money on them to, to sign them for their career. So the agent is always fronting that money for the training and for the massage therapist, for the uh, nutritionist and, and the different things that the, the player has it's they the agent also oftentimes would front the money for rent and other living expenses between that last college football game that they play sometimes that's the end of november sometimes that's the first of january depends on when the when the players team is done playing until the NFL draft which like right now the NFL draft is a week from you know a week from tomorrow next week you know so you got Four or five months um, of living expenses that the, the agent is fronting um, to to cover, in addition to the these other training expenses. So, it can be it can get expensive covering a player's draft prep and living expenses until that player gets his first check from you know the NFL. If he gets a signing bonus, if he doesn't get a signing bonus, it's even harder if they're not drafted and have to wait till training camp, you know, to to really get money. So so it gets expensive for agents.
1: So now you get, and that's an interesting walk in but I just always assumed that the player had to cover all those expenses and they are the ones that, Hey, they have to train, they have to do all the things. That's interesting that that oftentimes goes to the agent. Now the agent gets a lot of money if they do well and you can sign them and get everything else up, but you have to front it. And it's kind of, you know, I'm sure a bit of the odds game where you have so many that are make it and so many that don't. So you get into this, you, you know, you get after a period of two years, they talk you back into doing it. You go in, you work with them again, you kind of re-enter that. And then I think towards the end of that, um, you're then saying, okay, you know, it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more time. I still, it's, you know, it's still hard or a hard task and I don't really want to do it. And so you kind of, if I remember right, exited that, uh, that company or that business and decided to start your own thing, which is
0: what you're doing today. Is that about right? So, so yeah. So Anyway, from 2013 to 2017, I was back in the business of the agent business. I worked with this company in L.A. for two years. After two years, they realized it's a whole lot more money than we expected. Um, And so they bounced. Uh, They they just bowed out. They said, we're not going to keep pursuing the the football sports representation business. And so we're just going to keep doing what we do well, which is represent entertainers and actors actors actresses musicians so i i I was like well look i'm certified i've got former clients that are coaches i'm gonna still see if i can make it to go for two more years i i worked the business but i was very cautious to not i i was working to get guys that were out of the business or sorry out of college already in professional that we're looking to change agents because there's the average NFL player changes agents three to four times in their career. And so I used my connections to try to, try to grab those clients um, and instead of signing clients coming out of college. And um, I, I was able to, to land some clients, but um, to actually make it a sustainable business, I was not able to do and so after after four four more years given it a go um 2017 I bowed out again and so um I'd started a, a marketing company which to this day I've continued to run a marketing company and I've got uh, various clients that my company assists with their marketing needs and um But when I got out of the agent business in 2017, I did see a number of things that were taking place, and I saw a huge opportunity, and so, and that was at the time in 2017, there's a lot of athletes posting videos on social media, but they're, they're just not, they're, they're just not, um, they're not getting anything from them, you know, YouTube existed, but not a ton of athletes were using it. Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat were the, the platforms that people were using, and they're just not getting anything for these, these uh, videos that they're posting. So I'm like, there's got to be a way to, to build something where um, fans can, can come to one place, watch the, the videos, and, as well as to uh, for the athletes to be able to make money. And um, so I started doing the, the groundwork for what we've got today, which is athletes.tv. It's literally been almost five years in the making of coming from where I've been to where I'm at. And outside of a, an, an investment of about $50,000 from my parents, um, my wife and I have funded everything as far as the development. We've built our own platform. And it's been a lot of work, but at the same time, like we've now got a platform and there's been a lot that's happened, especially in this last year to where our platform is in a position to help a lot of athletes Our essentially athletes.tv is like a YouTube for sports. And so, um, we've built this and any athlete can get a channel. Um, if you're a sports podcaster or. Have sports content maybe in sports media people can get a a channel on athletes.tv and um be able to monetize your video and get a get a cut of the ad revenue for um oh, for everything on your channel
1: no i think that's uh, definitely awesome and uh, is. it's uh, Sounds like it was a a fun journey. You're still getting to continue to be in sports. You're going to say, hey, we're going to, to a large degree, bootstrap this. We can see a gap in the marketplace kind of in that same sports arena, but we're going to go in and tackle something different. So definitely uh, wish you the kind of the best of luck on that. And so now as as we kind of catch up to where you're at in the the present day, it'd uh, be uh, what it'd be a great time to ask the two questions always ask at the end of each journey now just as a heads up before we ask the two last questions we also do have the bonus question where we're going to talk a little bit about uh, one crazy idea that uh, steve's always had um you know every entrepreneur has at least that one crazy idea that they always want to pursue someday so we'll talk about that after we wrap up the normal episode so if you want to hear that question make sure to stay tuned but otherwise now as, uh, as we kind of catch up with the present day and, and shift over to the two last questions first question i always ask is along your journey what was the worst business decision you ever made what did you learn from it
0: i think the worst business decision i made is is not talking to an actual agent before i got in before i took the time to and spent the money to go get certified as an agent um i think i know i could have learned a whole lot if i would have spent more time talking to an actual NFL agent before I, before I spent the money. And, and I think I could have been more prepared had I done that, you know, I read, read, reading a book. You don't get all the answers and you're not able to, to, you know, to get everything. Um, and so if you're getting into something, talk to, you know, you want to be a sports agent, talk to whether it's a current agent or former agent, you know, talk to, talk to somebody. Um, most people will take the time to talk to you if you if you want to do something. You know, if you're an entrepreneur out there or want to be an entrepreneur, talk to somebody that that uh, that is in the field that you're looking to go into or to the business that you're starting to. I didn't do that, and I think that was like it cost me a lot of money to fail as a as a NFL agent that first time and it was painful um and i think i could have avoided a lot of the pitfalls by by being better prepared um reading the book and and having enthusiasm aren't enough you know they help but that's not enough
1: no and i think that's a great takeaway and i think that sometimes you always feel like you have to know everything you have to figure it out all yourself and you don't have the money or you can't do it and i think that going and talking to those people and getting some of that expertise and mentorship and feedback and direction can definitely be uh, beneficial so i think that's a a great takeaway second question i always ask now is and kind of dovetails to the first which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them
0: don't hesitate uh, be prepared to work it's a lot of work. It, there's, there's a lot more work than, than you realize. And it doesn't matter what business you were getting into. So if you don't like to work, if you're not willing to work, uh, don't, uh, just go work for somebody else. Cause it's a lot less work, working nine to five for somebody else than it is for an entrepreneur. So you, you better be prepared to work if you're not willing to put in extra hours. Um, it's never, I don't think it's ever going to work as an entrepreneur. Um, that's just my opinion. I, everybody I know that's been successful as an entrepreneur has just had a crazy work ethic, and been able to, you know, get, just do what it takes, do odds, be able to do things that they never expect to do, to to make their business work. Um, but those that do, those that are willing to put the extra effort in and do things they're not necessarily comfortable in those are the people that that will succeed those you know making the extra sales call or or you know doing doing things that um learning a new skill you know there's there's a lot of new skills you learn as an entrepreneur and if you're not willing to 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 learn new things and to to do new things then it's gonna be a whole lot
1: harder so I couldn't agree more and I think that no matter how much you think that you're either the exception or you know how much is in store it's always going to be a lot harder than you ever anticipate and I think that that's just part of the experience part of the ride and uh, what you have to be uh, ready for so I think that's a definitely get ready get ready to work as a a great uh, piece of advice so Well, as we wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any role of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more?
0: Sure. So athletes.tv, simply athletes.tv is our our platform. Um, We've got a contact us tab on there. But my email, Steve at athletes.tv. People can email me. We do have a crowdfunding campaign right now. So if people want to invest, they can they can um, invest in our crowdfunding that can be found um streamingultra.com and at the bottom of our our page of streamingultra.com, which is the, the actual company parent um, parent company of athletes.tv at the bottom of streamingultra.com we've got a uh, a link to our crowdfunding campaign so anybody can invest with $100 or more into our crowdfunding um if if anybody has an athlete in their family or sports podcast or sports documentary or um and they want to have a channel on athletes.tv it's free to get a channel um just go to athletes.tv they can register and request after you register request a channel fans can watch all the videos on athletes.tv for free you don't have to register but if you do you can subscribe to your favorite athletes channels on athletes.tv so um and yeah if anybody else wants to reach out to me feel free but um happy to happy to talk to people
1: Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage uh, people to to reach out, uh, and check it out. If you're an athlete, uh, make sure to to take a look. And if you're uh, wanting to invest, definitely a great company to invest in. And now, with that, and you know, as we wrap up, and again, we got the bonus question after we wrap up, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Um, but. Uh, Thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. As a listener, also make sure to click share, subscribe, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome journeys. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. So that was as we wrapped up the normal portion of the episode and shifting gears just a bit. You know, one of the fun things this always is is you know if you're anything like me, I'm an entrepreneur that always has a whole bunch of ideas, and I kind of always have that someday pile. Some you know, some of the ideas I sort of wait and say, yeah, that's never going to work. I'm never going to pursue. And then I always have that kind of someday pile that they're my crazy ideas, but I still feel like someday I might have to pursue or I want, might want to do something with them. So within that context, what's kind of your one crazy idea that you always want to pursue and may or may never, may or may not ever actually pursue?
0: Well, I love to cook, and I love to like. I love to make smoothies, and I'd love to make a, I'd love to open up a restaurant, you know, whether it's a sports bar, sports restaurant, or even just a sandwich and smoothie shop, and so I know there's tons of places to eat and whatnot, but I, I'm a foodie, so that's one where in the back of my mind, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that, but, um, you know, I've got, got a few things on the plate now, so I I don't have the time for it and you know I've done I've done a number of different things I it's funny Uh, yeah so
1: all right well that sounds like a fun idea I always I I always tell my wife and I don't think I'll ever actually do it that I want to do a food truck and I always think that would be fun to go out and have a food truck be able to go out and kind of have you know have that experience and yet likely they'll pursue it. Probably low. I don't know that it'll ever actually do it, but in another life, that's what I would always want to do. So I think that sounds like a lot of fun. So with that, we'll uh, wrap up the podcast for there. Thanks again, Steve, for coming on the podcast. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And wish the next leg
0: of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on today, Devin.